This is not a guilty pleasure because it shouldn't be a pleasure. It is. Go ahead, Max, say it. I know Duck Fu. <laughs> it's Howard the Duck. Uh, full disclosure to our listening audience, Max and I once did the only episode. A that, long lost podcast. The only, the only right. podcast that you and I ever did that never got aired. I loved it. I, I hated <laughs> it. It was the Howard the Duck podcast. Yeah. I couldn't stand it. The yeah. whole thing was like the most painful hour of my life. We got to release it at some point. No way. Oh, wait. We're, we're famous. We'll sell it on eBay. I don't it's want like anything to John do with John Gotti's safe. Like what's oh. in there? Or Capone's safe. All right. Go ahead. Talk about your stupid movie. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Guilty Pleasures, 80s Movie Edition. In case you didn't know, this podcast is dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. And found within that rich tapestry of action, drama, horror, and comedy are some of the finest films ever made. But lurking in the shadows, in places you'll never admit, are some movies that would make a billy goat puke. Even worse than the actual films is the fact that we still love them and still watch them. We're not here to judge. In fact, quite the opposite. Today, we're going to confess to our guiltiest 80s movie pleasures. The movies that are so bad, we kind of think they're good. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the blankie to my brave little toaster, Max Sanders. And with that, if no one's looking, let's admit to our guilty pleasures. I'm not scared. <laughs> Terrifying. What a way to start. The brave little toaster. <laughs> Morbid little blankie, okay with that.
I don't even know if I can emotionally recover from thinking about that scene right now and then hop into a podcast. Yeah, we talked about what the intro is going to be and you lost it. I did. I did. Because it's. I love the Brave Little Toaster. It's great. I think that today's episode should might be about the Brave Little Toaster. No, we should do no, it. no. Two hours. Absolutely not. I think today's episode in some ways might be one of the toughest ones we've ever done. No, so, this is easiest. Well, no, it's it's not. It's easier for you than it is for me, and I'll tell you why. Because my life's a guilty pleasure? Yes, yeah. you're a heathen. Yeah. You basically live or the 25 life. 25 hours a week, eight yeah. months a year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> 300 tattoos. No, I think the reason that this is tough is, you know, even just defining what a guilty pleasure is, like, it, we host an 80s film podcast, and we love 99% of the movies that we watch. Yeah, like we're trash I, pandas. Yeah, you stole my phrase. <laughs> we are the trash pandas of film critics. Like, we love garbage. That would have been a good name for our podcast. That would have been a great name. Us as one little raccoon faces. (laughs) (laughs) I like buzzing the tower, but trash panda is good. But I mean, that's, that's the truth. Like it takes so much for me to not like a movie. Like it's like, it has to be so monumentally bad for me to, to, to rag on it. I don't know. You said coming to America too. Was that, that bad? It is that bad. (laughs) It is that bad. That, that movie. I don't want to talk about that movie right now. I'm not going to watch it because of you. It's terrible. Yeah. And, and I, I'll live like, if you do anything to stoke my memory and Mm -hmm. touch that nostalgia part of me, like I'll be fine. It, it provided even, you know, it had every single character from the first movie was in it and I still couldn't like any of it. It was that bad, but I wouldn't even, that's not even a guilty pleasure. So today. You and I are going to go through the major film genres, your comedy, your action, your horror, et cetera. And we're each going to list our 80s guilty pleasure movie that's in that genre. The one movie that we, you know, when we say guilty pleasure, I think you and I landed on a good way of looking at it. There's there's probably more ways to see it than this. But you and I said there are three ways that you could measure a guilty pleasure. Yeah, because if you look back at the 80s and the classic movies, a lot of them can be defined as guilty pleasure. Right. Like I looked online, guilty pleasures. Number one was Goonies. I was like, that's oh, not a guilty no, that's convenient. <laughs> that's not that's a guilty pleasure. Is that perhaps a website you built and that you had out there? No, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's, <laughs> it's an incredible I'm film. I'm agreeing with you. Stop talking. Don't. I don't want the word Goonies on your on your lips. Just don't say it. But No. Moving on. Okay. Yes, but you are partially correct. A lot of these movies that we would consider to be great movies are viewed as guilty pleasures. So how we defined it was kind of three different ways that you could look at it, right? The the easiest one is box office. Financial flop. Yeah. Like if it cost 10 million to make and it made (laughs) $14,000, that's probably (laughs) a bad movie. That bad? Close. (laughs) We'll, We'll get to that. The second is critical flop Pan. yeah and i gotta tell you like i i really do i i'm a, I'm a big rotten tomato fan you know um, we can be on rotten tomatoes i know yeah. now that we have uh we had to have over 200 reviews which yeah. we now have thank you very thank much you guys and uh you, yeah, we need to get doing that and and in rotten tomatoes i, I enjoy rotten tomatoes because it aggregates the reviews of critics yep. and fans and yeah. it gives you both numbers yep. so that would be another metric that we could look at for it being a guilty pleasure again the idea behind this being is there a movie that you love and if it's on tv you're watching it and it's from the 80s and it is a a financial flop yep. be a critical flop mm-hmm. or there's C C's the tricky one your heart your heart in yeah. your heart of hearts you know you're you're the trash panda yeah. you're rummaging through the garbage it's and it's four day old you, Indian food garbage right. and there's like maggots on it and yeah. you're like yeah, yeah. But you know I, I could eat it yeah <laughs> but that, like that's maggots. yeah so that's that's the last way so in one way or another that's how we kind of fit the mold of what our guilty pleasures are yeah I love it I'm very the, the other piece that's tricky in this and why I said this is probably harder for me than it is for you mm-hmm. 
your decisions are much more grounded in in just watching it because a lot of these movies you just watched in the last year. Yep, all of them. My guilty <laughs> my guilty pleasures are so tied to my childhood and yeah. the movies that I saw in the theater that like got me emotionally and that I can go back and watch. And even though I know they're total garbage, they still get the the hair on my arm to stand up. What you one know? couldn't you do? You couldn't make it a guilty pleasure movie. Was there? Oh, one? That's a great question. Yeah. Let's hold. That's okay. an awesome question. Okay. I want to wait until the end okay. because you're gonna be you'll laugh and wonder why some of these don't fit that question that okay. answer. But that's a great one. Um, um, okay, so I think that pretty much explains it, right? Yeah, it's good. We have all the categories laid out in front of us in no particular order. We're going to hop into them. I know that you have pages of data and facts and trivia data. on each of these. Keep it tight, keep it thin, and we got to get through them. <laughs> Excellent. All right, my little blanket. You ready? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's find the master. You're, you're going to start. Let's start with action adventure. What is your 80s action adventure film that is by all consideration garbage but that you love and if it's on tv you're watching it you're grabbing the dvd you're grabbing the vhs if you have a vhs player i don't know if you have a vhs player no i don't okay good. Get, well, i should get one you should get yeah, one yeah. absolutely the little tv combo one like oh, those, are those are the best those are the best uh what what do, you, what do you got mo did you see the size of that chicken <laughs> young guns is this a guilty pleasure yes 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah, critics hated it. See, this is going to be tough too. You and I, you're going to list movies. I mean, like, that's not a guilty pleasure. I so love that movie. Westerns, for the most part, are these kind of heroic, you know, standoff, braver than that kind of thing. This right. was like a John Hughes movie made with a Western. <laughs> actually, I That's thought actually of, a really good way of putting I, it. I thought of other names for this movie in John Hughes kind of vibe. Say No More Shootout, <laughs> The Bullets for Breakfast Club, Uncle Buckshot, can't buy, Uncle Buckshot's really good. Can't buy me a shotgun. 16 bullets. Now, now you're getting too campy. Johnny be dead. <laughs> Johnny be dead is good. <laughs> Some kind of revenge. This is how you spent your time <laughs> yeah. researching. All right. You, on the names one last week, you got me fired up. That's, I'm that's sorry. fair. Yeah, no, it's okay. nasty. So say anything and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie had a 41% Rotten Tomatoes review. It made $56 million on $11 million budget. So it did really it did well. okay, yeah. But there's a cheesiness to it. If Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen are your cooler heads in a movie, you a wild movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, I, I guess I'm, I'm I was always actually more a fan of Young Guns two than Young Guns one. I haven't seen the second. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I like. I mean, people are probably bashing me for that, but yeah. I like the second one. More. And also, like, you need campy performances. People just thinking they're in a real movie, but they're just going for it. Like, just Lou Diamond Phillips dials it up like a lot. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, like, a little, he's nothing to me. He's a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. He's got the face paint. They're doing paint. I, I I I can't dispute. The peyote is ridiculous. I can't dispute this pick with you because this is this is very this is it's a very personal thing. I just am surprised. I'm surprised. Not a bad thing. I'm just surprised. Yeah, and they used hamburger meat for brains in that movie too. So I love that. That's that's campy. That's a little. Campy. And you know Tom Cruise is a dead extra in that movie. He just wandered on set. And he's like, can I be in the movie? They're You're like, kidding yeah, me. sure. Yeah. That's super weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we have your first, uh, you have your, it caught me off guard. Young Guns is your first uh, guilty you pleasure. Dirty Steve too. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's dirty a great Steve. Name. That sounds like a cook at that bar that you work at in Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah, that we can't say. Um, all right, Max, you ready for mine? Yeah. I think mine fits the mold a little, not better. I think mine, it would be regarded by more people as a guilty pleasure, but it is my guilty pleasure. You know, this is my guilty pleasure. Uh, the 1989 action thriller next of kin oh god <laughs> next of kin i dislike this movie you hate this movie i love i love this movie you bring a bow and arrow to i love fight. this movie uh, you got you got truman gate played by patrick swayze um that's he, true you have swayze he has two brothers right one of them is bill paxton yep. and the other is leah neeson it like, is that, a murderer's right, robot yeah, right yeah. right so uh, his wife is helen hunt who yeah. who like i just maybe 10 years ago realized is not jodie foster like i interchange them Seriously? all the time yeah I, I was like helen hunt was great in silence of the lambs like no jodie foster like i swapped them all the time 
time. I never do that. The movie itself, the the idea behind the movie is absurd, right? It's it's a it's bunch insane. of hill it's a bunch of hillbillies that live in West like Virginia? yeah, and the, and one of them breaks away. Appalachia. Yeah, goes to Chicago to become a cop. Right. And his brings his youngest brother with him. He's the best. And he's the best. Brings his younger brother with him and gets murdered. And because the the family doesn't accept that it has to be, you know, vetted the right way, quote unquote, they vet it the hillbilly way and they yeah. all come down and ra- and wage war on the mafia, who by the way, the mafia's son, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Like this is the this is <laughs> all for, for all intents and purposes, this is a great movie. The budget on this movie was twelve million dollars. Twelve million dollars. <laughs> it made sixteen million, so it made money. Yeah. Um <laughs> just to compare, Roadhouse, which easily could be a guilty pleasure movie, was thirty million to make, or excuse me, did thirty million, and Dirty Dancing did sixty million at the box office. Okay. So this is like the weakest of all of his performances. And they both Roadhouse and Next of Kin both came out in eighty nine, the same year. Yeah, one great, one not so great. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, don't, is, don't they kill someone with snakes in a giant truck or a they don't bus? Ki- no, they don't kill them. They just they scare, they scare them to death. Yeah, in a graveyard. Yeah, it's it's just it's, <laughs> a graveyard final shootout. The, anytime, anytime in a movie where they, the fact you're smiling through this makes. I, I have anytime in a movie when they're like, nope, we're not, the, the bad guys have guns, but I'm gonna go to my crossbow, like and my bow and arrow and my hunting dogs. Like yeah. that's that's the best. Uh, the tomato meter on Rotten Tomato put it at a 56. percent The audience score is a 45. percent It's mediocre on all accounts. The reason this is for the example of my emotionally like I watch this and recognize it's like a terrible movie yeah. it's a terrible movie yeah I love this movie like I could watch this anytime whether it's edited on TBS or whether it's on DVD yeah you missed the Patrick Swayze like humorness of it all yeah he's, 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 he's a little stern yeah he it, like I said no, Bill Paxton like Bill Paxton was great yeah, yeah. I, Liam Neeson was great right the crazy brother you know with, with his accent I can't even identify his accent no it it's, makes no sense it's no yeah. sense at all so that is my guilty pleasure action film next of kin that works. I, it works really <laughs> it well. It works super well. All right. What were your others? I considered the running man. Ooh. Um, that's not, that's not, that's not bad. No, it's not. <laughs> and, 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 and also it's kind of like, I was actually talking to Bruce and I ran it by him and he mm. was like, no, like it was actually a really good social commentary on like where the world would be. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right. I can't pick. Plus I love the running man, but yeah. that was probably the one. Arnold only one untouchable close. Too, yeah, he is untouchable. Conan. Uh, that was the other one. As I say, Arnold was untouchable. The two movies I picked is. Yeah, that, seriously. That. What, what was your other uh, choice? Uh, Black Rain. Uh, Michael Douglas. Oh, I know Black yeah, Rain. Yeah, that's a good one. Action Jackson. Action, yeah. That's, I even thought about Action Jackson, but I was like, oh, I can't do that. No, you can't do it to him. No, no. Uh, all right. Raid. All right. That closes out action adventure. We've got. Uh, you right there? I am. Uh, this is emotional. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in confession. I mean, most people that I know know that I love Next of Kin. Some of the ones on the list, I yeah. feel like people are hearing me like, oh my God, I can't believe he loves that movie. I confess, but if I went to church, I'd burst into flames. Yeah, probably. That's not a bad point. <laughs> uh, what do you have for your comedy? So you love all the Avenger movies, don't you? I do love all the Avengers. Love WandaVision. I love WandaVision. Yeah. You know where all this started, right? Where did it all start? The MCU started. Oh, God. I'm cut, cut the mic. <laughs> Get him off. This is not a guilty pleasure because it shouldn't be a pleasure. It is. Go ahead, Max. Say it. I know Duck Fu. <laughs> it's Howard the Duck. Uh, full disclosure to our listening audience, Max and I once did... The only episode, a that, long lost podcast. The only, the only right. podcast that you and I ever did that never got aired. I loved it. I, you, I hated <laughs> it. Was the Howard the Duck podcast? Yeah, I couldn't stand it. The yeah. whole thing was like the most painful hour of my life. We gotta release it at some point. No way. Oh wait, we're, we're famous. We'll sell it on eBay. I don't it's want like anything. To John Gotti safe. Like what's oh. in there? Or Capone safe? All right, go ahead. Talk about your stupid movie. <laughs> so had a strong thirteen percent rotten tomato. I thought it'd be zero. That's it's higher than I thought. It cost thirty six million dollars. Sure. Which was the most expensive movie at the time. Sure. If you think about it, Batman, 89, $40 million. And that it was, was $4 million more. And that seemed like it was a huge yeah, production. Exactly. So this movie's a mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. It made $16 million domestically. $16 million on 40. 
<laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, the movie's about a duck from another planet getting sucked into our planet. He's dealing with a nerdy scientist and a rock star chick, Leah Thompson, and they're trying to stop a giant alien monster called the Dark Overlord. The Dark Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> Played by Rooney. And I love all the puns in the duck world, you too. You do love the duck puns. Breeders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Duckingdales, Play Duck Magazine, Play Duck Magazine, yeah. <laughs> and then is there like a scene when like he when he when he's getting like pulled through the dimension on his chair where there's like a duck nudity or something? Yeah, a lot of people I've talked to, that's the first nudity they saw was in Howard the Duck, <laughs> <a> naked duck. <laughs> a lot of people. I want to know the people that that was their and first. And he worked at like a hot tub place that's really inappropriate. Yeah, and yeah. also he he talks about space rabies. <laughs> Cleveland. I mean, this movie is just absurd. It's so bad. Cajun man. sushi. That's, I, even where they eat is bizarre. This is absolutely an example of a guilty pleasure. Like you should be yeah. embarrassed that you like this. Telekinesis, movie. pyrokinesis. It's got it everything. Jeez. And it's got like the Clash of the Titans, mon like claymation monsters. I don't know. Just something about it just calms me. I'm just like, well, they're going to say another one liner here. There you have it. Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, my pick for comedy in some regard is close to as embarrassing as this. That's close. Impossible. It's close. It's not as embarrassing. Impossible. I picked Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol. Oh, man. Let me briefly, and I mean briefly speak to the entire body of work of the Police Academy. Can movies. you do the Michael Winslow helicopter noise while you do it? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't imitate him. I was hoping. I was like, come I on, know. Come I can on. do some. I, don't worry. I have a few imitations lined up later okay, in the good. episode. But I like when you do imitations. To get serious for a moment. If I'm, if, if, can I get serious for a moment? You pick a weird place to do it. it it's so... I told you that there are these emotional ties that I have to some of these movies. You when, have a Gutenberg? I have disciple? a not a Gutenberg when my parents got divorced okay. and my dad went from like living with us to doing the whole, I'm going to go see a movie, you know, with my son once every couple weeks and that's how I'm going to spend time with him. Right? right. It was going to see Seagal movies and police Academy movies. Explains a lot. About and me. like, it does explain a lot about me. However, it is at the base of my love for eighties movies is because that is, I spent a lot of time going to see movies with my dad yeah. in the eighties after they got divorced. This particular movie, I vividly remember going to see because I was really right around that, you know, nine, 10 year old Mark. Sure. And I was seeing movies I probably shouldn't have been seeing until I was maybe 15 was or 16. Hard R? I, I believe most of the police Academy movies were <laughs> yeah. in a hard R. I mean, there's nudity in most of them. <laughs> the man, the legend. I remember that from the, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Um, look, Sharon Stone was in this. I mean, shut just, up. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. So she Sharon Stone, when asked about this movie, I have a huge crush on Sharon. Oh yeah, well, listen, her quote on this is great. Said, "I had just gotten through one of the messiest divorces of my life, and I needed something to take my mind off it. <laughs> well, so she did it. this yeah. movie for her humor. We'll do it. Um, you've got, I mean, you've got Mahoney, Hightower, Motormouth, Jones, Tackleberry, Sweet Chuck, Callahan, the whole group, right? Yeah. Um, the soft spoken girl, she in it." Yeah. Okay, cool. Hooks. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, hooks. I, like, I like her. Yeah, she's great. What about the giant football player? What's his name? Bubba Smith. Okay, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's uh that's who uh Hightower is, yeah. is Bubba Smith. Love who him. Played football for Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um the all these movies are fantastic. The reason I happen to like this one the most and why it's also the worst is that you already have Zed and Sweet Chuck um, okay. are both cops now and they're yeah. like friends. Citizens on Patrol, my wife did one of these classes where you get to like go shoot a gun at the range with the police and they do uh, take you on a ride along. Yeah. Like and I just this is where I first even heard about this. This is a citizen outreach program where they're hanging out with these nut job police academy grads mm. up to no good hijinks all over the place it's a terrible movie i love it I, any police academy movie if it's on tv i'm watching it yeah michael winslow all day every day yeah oh yeah and and gutenberg i mean this is I, unless you make the argument about cocoon but like i would say this is his diner mainstay. diner 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He had a good 80s. Short circuit. Short circuit. Short circuit. Sorry. <laughs> See, how could you not bring up short circuit? Newton Crosby. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the scene. And, and also, by the way, who you didn't know was probably in this, David Spade. David Spade really? is, yeah, he's like All this. three foot four of them? Well, he's this like teenager <laughs> who's skateboarding and gets in trouble. Shut so up. he has to, ju- the, the judge is about to throw the book at him. Mahoney goes into court and tries to save the youth. And he's in the citizens on patrol he program. David Spade. <laughs> they, have, they have a scene where they're like hazing the newbies yeah. and they have Bubba Smith dressed up as like a, uh, uh, I don't even know if it's Jamaican or Buddhist, but he rips a heart out of someone and does the yama, 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 yama. It's kind of a ripoff of, yes, yeah. well, look at you. I yeah. love when you know things like that. Well, there's not many heart rips in well, movies. Very fair. Um, this uh, budget, 17 million, 28 million domestic, 76 million worldwide. And this has the elusive 0% on the tomato, tomato meter. <laughs> there aren't a lot of 0%ers. Audience rating 38%. Yeah. It is all by all accounts a terrible movie and I ride hard for Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol. Yeah. I like Police Academy. Boom. It's, it's 80s. It's we we could do we could do a, a full Police Academy <laughs> podcast yeah. on all of them. Well, all the ones that were in the 80s. Yeah, I'd be down for that. All right, all right. Um, Max, what did you have as your backups in case we had the same one for comedy? Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Ted Danson is pretty uh, hamming it up in that. Come on. Uh, the Burbs. Hanksy, you know, I just yeah, like yeah. that. UHF. Can you make a parody? Oh, uh, UHF par- is so good. It's so campy, It's though. so good. Badgers? <laughs> yeah. We don't need any badgers. Conan the Librarian. It's so good. <laughs> and uh, Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely guilty. I had Cannonball Run and Meatballs 2. Ooh. Have you seen Meatballs I, 1 with Bill Murray? No. Um, it's, I believe, his first major film. 79, I think. Yeah, but Meatballs 2 is terrible okay like it's they're at camp but there's an alien at camp mm. and they have to hide the alien and that's like a sub story the main story is they're gonna have a boxing match to win the camps it's bad okay. it, but i i like it um all right moving on from comedy to dance slash music movie so these are our genres uh what do you have for your guilty pleasure dance slash music movie so this genre is cool so i need something on par with that I went Walter Hill's Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. <laughs> you seen this? Yes, of it's course. It's so good. It's not good. <laughs> Made 8.1 million, cost 14.5 million. Sure, sure. <laughs> 67% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's not that bad. So a mercenary is hired to rescue his girlfriend, a singer who's been kidnapped by a motorcycle gang. That's a solid story. <laughs> so the story doesn't matter. It's like this 1950s Chicago meets 1980s motorcycle gangs, William Defoe in black leather suspenders. It's really strange. This was panned as a terrible movie. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. But the music's really good. Jimmy Ivey made mm-hmm. five of the songs. Like the first song Diane Lane sings has my like, it just fires me up every time. I don't know. Are you all right? You seem fired up I now. I have a Diane Lane crush. I guess so. Yeah. I mean. You got a lot of crushes. Yeah. Every episode, like you're, you have a crush on Howard the Duck. You have a crush on <laughs> Diane Lane. It's... If we put them together, it'd be perfect. Yeah. But <laughs> super weird. Bill Paxton's in this one too. He's clad Bill the Bill Paxton's in every that. bad yeah. movie ever made. Yeah. And also this movie ends with one of the best let my gang come and impress you with yeah, the yeah. motorcycle gangs. Yeah, it's yeah. like five hundred people watching. Yeah. They have an axe pick fight. <laughs> You know, they made a giant tarp so it would look like night all the time. Do you think I knew that? No. No. The, the tarp cost $1.2 million sure. and, and failed. Sure. Well, the whole thing failed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. And Rick Moranis, your boy. I do love Rick Moranis. He's playing a jerk, which he normally doesn't do. Which is hard. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time. So this is this is an example for me. I wouldn't put it as a guilty pleasure because I saw it once and never wanted to see it again. What? Defoe yeah. alone. Finally, I found someone who wants to play as rough as I do. He's a southern accent for no reason. Yeah, much better than yours. Yeah, I don't have good accents. <laughs> you don't have good accents. Defoe. Defoe. Um, it's a good pick. Uh, I, you don't like it. I don't like it. But, <laughs> no, but let me let me be clear. It's not that I don't like it. I don't have much to add to it because I, I just, I, like I said, I've seen this movie maybe once and I'm not a huge fan of it. But mm. this, my pick, 
you may feel the same way about. And also a lot of people might argue is not a guilty pleasure. It's a good movie. Um, girls just want to have fun. I haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. So you you have a you have a crush. I'll talk about Sarah my, Jessica Parker. Yeah, right? I'll talk about my crush. Everybody bags on Sarah Jessica Parker all the time, like like Who's Family Guy. Yeah, everybody, there's like a running joke about like her looks, and I, I just yeah, like, not her acting skills. Yeah, though. but no, either I don't understand it. Like she was one of my first crushes. Her yeah. her and Elizabeth Shue were like my two biggest '80s movies crushes. I like her voice. I thought she just everything. I I've never seen her in something I haven't liked. Yeah, like I I loved her in uh, Footloose. Yep, and she is the reason that I love this movie. She's yeah. she's great in this movie. So new girl Janie played by Sarah Jessica Parker meets her soulmate, best friend, Lynn played by Helen Hunt. Okay. Not, not, uh, not Jody, <laughs> not Foster, Jody Foster. Weirdo. I know. Yeah. Right. They bond together over their mutual love of dance and a show called dance TV. So Sarah Jessica Parker's character, her dad's ex-military, they've moved around their whole lives. They've been, uh, in a bunch of different schools. Got it. So she moves to this new town and becomes friends, uh, with this girl and she's done gymnastics and dancing forever. And her dream was Sounds always like footloose. <laughs> it is a little bit like footloose. Her dream has always been able to get to Chicago to try out for this, like, show called dance TV, which is basically like American bandstand. Right. And, uh, her love interest and also her dance partner, Jeff, Jeff's little sister, Maggie is played by Shannon Doherty. Oh, no way. Yeah. She's like four, 13 or 14 in real life in this movie. Is so I've her? seen like little bits of this. Isn't he? He's like, come here, squirt. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's his, him and his little sister. So it, a couple interesting things about this. Um, Obviously. So girls just want to have fun. Obviously, you know, the Cindy Lauper song. Great song. I freaking love Cindy Lauper. Well, so they didn't have to get her permission to use this song because she didn't write the song. She performed it. So in this movie, she didn't write it? Oh. now in this movie, you hear the song, yeah. but you hear it sung by someone else, which is super weird. That is weird. And they didn't have to get her permission to call the movie. Uh, girls just want to have fun either. It's a great name. Yeah, it is a really good name. Um, but she refused to use her version, which it's not is Uncle her Buckshot, choice. but whatever. Yeah. No, it's not Uncle Buckshot, which is <laughs> weird. Uh, tomato meter gives it a 38%, but the audience scores 77%. The budget was 5 million, but it brought in 6.3 million. Mediocre, okay. yeah. mediocre, but it's, People I, love this movie now. I, I, I watch it and like I literally just watched it like a few weeks ago. Do you get I, up and dance? I, I do, but I'm not a good dancer. But it's just, it's a fun movie, right? Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of silliness to it. The relationship between her and her father is ridiculous. Like classic, you know, you better be yeah. in by nine o'clock, get your work done. Yeah. Um, but it's basically Footloose mashed with Flashdance, oh, right? Little, little foot dance. Yeah, foot dance. <laughs> there you go. The Footloose part of it is winning over her father and that it's okay for her to dance and it's not going to create a problem. And then the- Saving uh, a town. Yeah, the the flash dance part of it is you know competing in front of uh, this panel and getting the you know awarded to be on the show. Yeah. So it's it's like I said, it's is it her dancing or is it a? Oh, it's it's not her. I mean, <laughs> some of the some of the gymnastic stuff. There's no way she can do. It's a guilty pleasure because I'm almost ashamed that I love yeah. this movie as much as I do. But I watch it every single time. It's on is it TV. Jonathan Silverman in this too? Yes. He yeah. plays uh, Jeff's buddy. Yeah. Yeah. We can have Bernie's. We can have Bernie's. High school edition. <laughs> so that's my pick for uh, dance and music. Who'd you have for your backups to this? Staying Alive, Tony Monero. I had, I had But like alive we too. just did the dance thing mm -hmm. where I had a whole thing on it. Yeah. No, I had And Purple too. Rain is not a good movie. It's just. Oh, yeah. look at you. It's a, it's a fantastic music video. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. So. That's definitely guilty. Those are good backups. My backup was staying alive too. Yeah. Even though I love it. But I know. It, it, we should have just done it. We should have done it. <laughs> oh man all right uh that's creepy this oh no this one went from dance slash music movie to our next genre which is animation which i have a different one for but what do you have for your guilty pleasure for animation 80s film i went strange i went very weird very dark morbid but somehow delightful i went the brave little toast oh that's why you snuck it in in the intro that's it's why you so want me to do good. it i mean 
It's 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it, it makes sense. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's basically Pixar before Pixar. The, right. ma- the main guys from Pixar were mm-hmm. actually the producers on this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like these inanimate objects, you know, a toaster, a blanket, a radio, a air conditioner, which is terrifying. <laughs> oh, my God, that air conditioner. Uh, radio and a vacuum cleaner. Okay. Yeah. They come alive, and they want to go back to their master. They're living in a cabin. They want to go see the master. You know, it's been 2,000 days since he's been back, and they go on an adventure through the woods to find, to reconnect with him. It is, it's Toy Story. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know, just, this is the best John Lovitz performance of his whole whole life as the radio. How could you say that? What? Little, He'd be little, like, little, President li- Nixon said today. What about, what about, what about little Nicky? Oh, yes, it's ladies night. Oh, what a night. I guess wedding singer, he's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. But I just love the love. It's like, I love it. You know what I mean? That kind of voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he actually recorded this all in one day. I believe that. Yeah, in L.A. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just something emotionally dark and weird because when they're at the car crushing place at the end. But what, are, are, for, So, like, you don't have to convince me why you like this movie. I like this movie. What makes it a guilty pleasure in your mind? So, it bombed. Okay. Yeah. That's cost yeah. cost two point three million dollars to make. Made two point three million dollars. I had to check. I was like, is that am I looking up the wrong numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only in theaters for eight weeks. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's like they screwed up the marketing. They were yeah, just yeah. like in the garbage, whatever. All it right. became a huge VA set. Became a huge VHS success. Yeah, yeah. That's where I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch this? In the no, I didn't see this in the theaters. Yeah, I saw it on VHS. Yeah. So I mean, and also I mean, the blankie singing into the into the swamp of sadness. Basically, I put that on TikTok the other day. I had like thousands of people screaming like why are you doing this yeah, to me right this is the artax the artax <laughs> moment of animation right yeah but it bombed but it's a great movie cool yeah very cool uh well in a tight hour 22 I like yeah that. you like you like your uh sh- nice what do you call a short little ditty isn't that what we, we were talking about some With other movie? Diane, yeah, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> my animation pick is the 1985 film the care bears movie uh the the thing about this movie if, if you grew up in this era you knew about care bears right like everybody knows about the I, care love bears. Care bears. I own it on vhs my kids have all seen it if it was on tv i'd watch it yeah it's not a good movie it's very dark <laughs> there's like elements really? of it that, yeah there's a lot of darkness in this care bears die no they don't die but like there's just a lot of like it's 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 like the classic uh they lose their tummy glow no but like the two kids like they're the way they address like they're orphans but the way they do it in the store they're like you know their parents left that's <laughs> so why they say that their parents left and the whole thing up in the clouds, these bears are watching humans to yeah. make sure that they're happy and smiling, which is a little bit weird. And uh, Nicholas, who is a sorcerer's apprentice, gets influenced by an evil spirit. Okay. Who then spreads like anger, hate, contempt, sadness all over the world. Sounds like you. Yeah, basically. Kim and Jason are a brother and sister who have no parents and don't trust anyone because they've been hurt before. Sounds Disney. The Care Bears kind of swoop them up to make them feel better. As Carolot, aka a mixture of Camelot, where the Care Bears live, called Carolot, starts to descend integrate oh, they, no. they have to go on a quest to like figure stuff out where, they, awesome. where they meet the care bear cousins yeah. and they introduce a whole new line of care bears right because okay. the care bears are all bears yeah the care bear cousins you got uh a lion, an elephant, oh, a monkey. Yeah, stop, you're making a case for this being a good movie. I'm, I'm going to make you watch <laughs> How it. How do you sell me on it? What do you want from me? Um, the whole, the end of the movie, like they do the Care Bear stare, but it's not enough to stop this evil spirit. So they need to do the Care Bear cousins call where they all make their animal sounds. Yeah. And they save the, they save the soul of Nicholas. They save the world. Nicholas goes back to a normal life where uh, his, the magician, Mr. Fettuccini, that's his name. Delicious. It's a little bit culturally insensitive to Italians, but whatever, we'll let it be. My uncle's name is Fettuccini. <laughs> You have an uncle named Fettuccini? It's <laughs> the first name. Are you serious? No. Oh my God. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> you had me going for it. Um, 
So yeah, look, the, it was a $2 million budget and it did $22 million at the, what's the Rotten Tomato score. It's, the Rotten Tomato score is bad. <laughs> it's a 50% tomato meter and a 58% audience score. It's not horrible. Yeah. This, I'll is, check just, it out, this is just me. Like, I, I guess I'm, I guess my guilty pleasure is that I'm a 42 year old grown man who like loves this movie. Your guilty pleasure is you need to explain an entire movie from front to end. Like, why do you do that? Because right, I love this movie. <laughs> I, I, it's cathartic for me to talk about it. I love it. I'm guess, sorry. Yeah, it's really strange i just want you to love this movie <laughs> i halfway through i was in care a lot we care a lot what was your favorite one favorite, uh, bear. favorite care bear yeah oh wow that's a great one grumpy no i liked luck bear okay i always thought it was cool like was he blue good luck no, no green he blue. he's green why yeah. would luck bear be blue you have a clover on yes of stomach? course he had yeah. a clover awesome God. i forgot about this now come on come on <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that. What do you have for backups? What were your backup animation? Nothing really. Me neither. <laughs> I was. I thought like I was singing like I. I, you, I made this, you made this category. Why? And I said, could we not do this category? You go. We're doing it. Yeah, because I. I what really this category should have just been is me talking about all my favorite animation movies. I would have talked about Secret of Nim, The Last yeah. Unicorn, but those aren't like guilty pleasures. Chipmunks Christmas. That's a good one. Yeah, and then, yeah. harmonica. Just yeah. yeah. Christmas, Christmas. But you get the hula hoop Yeah. Hula hoop. That's a. How can you not love that movie? He gives the harmonica to the sick boy. That's true. And this yeah. is a beautiful I movie. Kept it. I know you're so greedy. Uh, <laughs> Max, this next category, this next genre, this is, fun. This is a fun one. Uh, buddy cop movies. What is your guilty pleasure buddy cop movie? There's, it's funny. I think there's only one real answer, but you probably got a different one than I do. You I, go first. No, no I, I guarantee I know what you picked. <laughs> But I subverted that because okay. it's too obvious. Okay. All right. This is, I, I appreciate you staying away from the obvious. So this is weird. Normally, I'm kind of getting familiar with 80s movies. I'm watching like all the classics. Yeah. This is one I'd actually seen when I was a kid. Oh, really? And I loved it. I watched it again last week. I still love it. <laughs> and no one's seen it. It's terrible. Oh, man. So it's 1988's Feds. Oh, Feds. I love Feds. Really? Yes, okay, I yeah. love this movie. Okay, cool. I think this movie's like the best. Yeah, right? The two two women, like yeah. they become friends. Uh, well, one's like the jock, the other's the brain. Together they're one Yeah, oh my FBI God, I agent. love this. Uh, Rebecca DeMornay, is Rebecca that? Rebecca yeah. yeah, and Mary Gross yeah. from SNL. Yep. Really yep. funny. Yeah. And so it's Ellie DeWitt and Janice Zuckerman try to make it through the FBI training program and attempt to break through the glass ceiling yeah. of the FBI. And so Ivan Reitman kind of oversaw this. It feels like an Ivan Reitman yeah, film. Yeah, so the guy who directed Dan Goldberg is the writer of Stripes, Meatball. I was just literally about to say, like, it's like, it's like a, it's like, remember when they came out with the movie Bridesmaids? Yeah. Like, to me, this is like the equivalent of back then, Bridesmaids. Yeah, they're just you know? really fun. Yeah. You know I mean? There's a lot of good cop, bad cop, shooting your gun in a crowded bar for no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dealing with uh, college kids. I don't know. There's just something fun about it. And like, learn, I love anything training montage. I love Where fence. they're in sweats and yeah. doing pull-ups and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And there's like anything that does a studying montage. It's like a combination of Police Academy and Real Genius. How about their, uh, that, the big, like, not graduation, but their big like final activity. It's nuts. It, yeah, I it, love that. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. That, like they like, it's like a, a hostage uh, a made up terrorist situation. Yeah. And yeah, I thought I loved that. Yeah. They break through the glass. This is a shotguns. great, a great pick. It is, it is definitely regarded as a terrible movie, but yeah. I love this movie. And the last line is, I hope the people of the United States of America will be able to sleep better knowing that women like us have guns. I love that. <laughs> what is there? So why is this a guilty pleasure? Did bomb okay. at the box 20%, office? 20% rotten tomatoes. All right. That makes sense. And it made $3.8 million. <laughs> All right. So you, womp, womp, there you well, go. Yeah. And I've never met someone who knew this movie, and yet you do. Excuse me. Yeah, you, excuse in fact, me. Ex in fact, so. you should know. I love feds. Yeah. Max, I think you know what I picked. I think everyone knows Can what I, I picked. Can I say it? No, I'm going to say it. Tango and cash. No. Cash yeah. and tango. No, I didn't pick that. What? What did you think I was going to pick? Running scared. No, yeah. no way. No way. Yeah. Tango and cash is like way more of a guilty That's pleasure. That's so right, it's actually. I don't so know why I didn't see bad. that. Yeah, I don't it's, know why I didn't think of that. I, this movie 
Again, this is like for me next of kin. Like I, I just if, if action film, buddy cop film. Whatever. I approve of this one. This you got Gabriel Cash played by Kurt Russell. Yep. You've got Ray Tango played by Sylvester Stallone. Yep. You've got his sister Kiki played by Terry Hatcher. Very talented musician. A very talented musician. The this entire movie is insane. Sylvester Stallone in this movie, his character breaks the fourth wall and and calls Rambo a derogatory name. Like yeah. I like that that like I, I and I appreciate the humor of that. Like yeah. everything from like Fubar to like the the, the one liners. The, the chin. What the chin. That? Yeah, the what giant is, face. Yeah. Or uh, the man butt. The, and and just They're like just how, naked. how far they take it with like their characters that like Sylvester Stallone's reading the Wall Street Journal yeah, when he's in prison. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. so ridiculous. Like and it's like stupid little things like I guess Sylvester Stallone had astigmatism so he had to wear glasses. So the glasses he wears in this movie are Actually, no the glasses. Way. He used I, to, I was actually going to ask: Is he, this the only movie he's ever worn glasses? Because the, he usually wears contacts, but yeah. he actually needs glasses, which I thought was funny. Um, do you know who was originally casted as Cash and backed out at the last minute? Arnold. Patrick Swayze. Oh, that would have worked. That yeah. would have worked. Absolutely. Russell's great though. Yeah, totally agree. He, you know why Patrick Swayze uh, backed out? Because he read the script? No, because he was <laughs> on his way to go do Roadhouse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, another cool thing, Tango's call sign uh, by dispatch is 20 William 12, which is the same call sign used by Riggs and Murtaugh on Lethal Weapon. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was neat. Uh, tomato meter gives it a 30%. Audience, to, audience gives it a 52%. <laughs> this director didn't do anything else. The, the budget was 52, 54 million. The gross was 120 million. It made, it made, yeah, because it's Kurt, yeah, it's Kurt yeah. Russell and Sylvester Stallone, yeah, right? Their powers. Right. But yeah. still it is, it's just no question. It's a bad movie. I'll give you one last thing that I thought was so funny and it just goes to show you how little any of these people thought of this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a when when they escape from prison, Cash turns to Tango and asks if he stopped to get a coffee in a Danish. Do you remember that scene at yeah. all? And Tango replies, I hate Danish. Do you know why he said that? No. Because he had just gotten divorced from uh, Brigitte Nielsen, who's who's a <laughs> wow. Dane. Isn't that funny? That's like, a weird dig. <laughs> for someone who should have like the biggest ego in the world and like not like, you know, be that type of spiteful that he threw it in there. They I thought it was are. hilarious. They always are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie is utter garbage and it's the kind of garbage that this trash panda loves to roll around in. Yeah. I, like I love this movie. This or Cobra. For favorite. So you just <laughs> had you asked what my not for buddy cop for my yeah. my action film yeah. backup should have been Cobra. Yeah, because Cobra's garbage too, but I love it. I also thought Red Heat kind of terrible. Yeah, Red Heat. I, Belushi's I, bad. I know, I know, but it's so hard to hate Schwarzenegger. Like, Schwarzenegger's great. Everything he does, yeah. it, I, I know. I can't I know. stop staring at his hair when it's like that. I'll spiky. I'll spiked up. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Uh, Max, the next category is tough because I know that you have some serious emotional issues when it comes to horror films. So this is actually a blessing in disguise because I haven't watched anything horror related besides like The Fly, Scanners. You've seen a couple. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. (laughs) So for you, your guilty pleasure has got to be a horror film that you saw that you actually liked, which is unique, but that you you recognize is kind of hot garbage. So last week I was like, let's go for it. Let's go for something weird, something I'm not that scared of. Right. Didn't one of our Instagram, a couple of our Instagram followers like recommended uh, movies to you? Is this off their list? Sarah Beth, actually from the bar I work at. That you can't talk about. Yeah. She said this movie was awesome. And I was like, okay, I'm not that scared of clowns. Let me give it a oh, try. Oh, you did killer! You did killer clowns. <laughs> killer clowns from outer space. I love this movie. So this movie, this movie almost didn't make it. This movie's insane. <laughs> to the guilty pleasure because it's a seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes for audience. It yeah. can't be for no, the no. tomato meter. Yeah, for the, the tomato, tomato meter, yeah. gave seventy-five percent. Wow. And it cost two million dollars. It made forty-five million dollars. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, bad. oh no, I'm gonna have to watch another horror movie. But then I thought, in my heart, is this garbage? Yeah. Cotton candy cocoons. I mean, shadow puppets that eat people and turn into dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. They punch people's heads off. It's it's tough because some of these movies that we're picking as guilty pleasures, like they slide into cult status, yeah. and this is like a cult status. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the main guy's name in this movie is? No, I don't I, I, I've seen this in years. Mike Tobacco. 
<laughs> like, like, are you trying? Like, what is going on? It's been a long time since. Or I've the seen two this. brothers, Rich and Paul Terenzi. Those are the ice cream truck yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> they, they, so they go to make out point, and they get on the loudspeaker, and they're like, "Cool off those hot lips with some frozen fruit bars." <laughs> <laughs> make out point. That's amazing. Yeah. And there's the old cop who gets turned into a ventriloquist dummy. I can see how this movie would be scared for people who hate clowns because yeah, these yeah. are like. You know, nightmare. Oh, I know. Clowns. I know a couple of people that like because they're like hate nine clowns. feet tall. Yeah, yeah. But like people are getting put in balloons. It's pretty delightful. Yeah. And I was shocked. I was like halfway through. I'm like, I actually like this. Is this <laughs> what horror movies are like, or this is not? No. Okay. Like, like really good horror movies. Like you'll like them, but like for you because you're terrified by them, you won't ever watch them again. Yeah. I could watch this a hundred times. Nobody's gonna put me in a balloon again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, mine is. Uh, Mine is one part. So this was interesting. I knew this was going to be my pick right away. And then it turns out that this is considered to be one of the worst movies ever made, which I didn't know. I, I just actually know it's a bad movie in my heart. And I also picked it because I love it. Um, and I saw this movie in the theater with my dad. This is one of those I saw. You in freak the you out or no? Well, I'll tell you a story about why it freaked me out. First, let me tell you what the movie is. Jaws for the Revenge. Okay. Bef Bigger Jaws. Before I speak to why I picked this movie and what it's all about, I want to share this for all the dads and moms out there that are listening. When I was done watching this movie with my father, this movie came out in 1987. So I was nine years old when I saw this movie. That seems inappropriate. Super inappropriate. <laughs> to calm me down, because I was terrified, my dad tucked me down into bed and said, you have nothing to worry about. A shark couldn't get into your bed unless it had a jet pack on and flew out of the water. Would you, like, would, would you like Would you like to know who uh, didn't sleep that night because they were having nightmares of sharks <laughs> with, with jetpacks on flying out of the water? Oh, that's not the plot of the movie. Oh, no, the plot of the movie. Yeah. That's just what my dad put into my head and terrified me for years that I thought that sharks could have jetpacks. So yeah, there you go. They can. No, they can't. Maybe nowadays. Who knows? Jaws for the Revenge. Max, this is such hot garbage, <laughs> this entire movie. And, and keep in mind, I'm saying that comparing it to Jaws 3D, which I thought Jaws 3D would be the worst that you could do of the entire bunch. So you got Brody's Widow. <clears throat> You've seen the original Jaws, right? Yeah, Schrader. Right. Brody's widow thinks that her family is being targeted by a descendant of the great white that they originally killed. So the shark knows <laughs> that's like the whole, that's the whole plot of this movie. It's madness. Yeah. Like the youngest, you know, the two boys, how should they had two sons? Yeah. The youngest son gets killed in the beginning of the movie. Um, he, he also was a cop on Amity Island oh. and it's the middle of the winter and a shark kills him. Then she has her other son come home to warn him to quit his job as a like research vessel captain or something in the Bahamas mm. because the shark's going to find him. <laughs> She then leaves and goes to the Bahamas with her oldest son, where they're introduced to Michael Caine. Michael, Michael Caine's in Jaws 4? My, Michael Caine is a love interest of Brody's. I'm going to do my Michael Caine imitation on one thing, and then I'm going to shut up. It's really bad. Th that is terrible. I appreciate you pointing it out, though. <laughs> my Michael Caine slides into my Sean Connery a little too quick. This is a quote from Michael Caine about this movie. I have seen it. I see it's Sean Connery. Yeah. I've seen it. I'll say I won't even do the imitation. Yeah, just go for it. That's fine. I've seen, this is when asked about Jaws 4, what yep. Michael Caine had to say. I have never seen it, but by all accounts, it is terrible. <laughs> However, I have seen the house that it built and it's terrific. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's awesome. So yeah, it's, it's a garbage movie. I'm not even going to get into the specifics other than the older son is played by Lance Guest, who is the guy who played uh, the lead in The Last Starfighter. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's it. Crap movie, uh, but I love it. Uh, how, how big is the shark? It's big. Uh, we're going to need a bigger boat big. Um, and then the other part of this, too. Did you ever play the Nintendo video game, Jaws? No. This they made the Nintendo video game was based on this movie. That game was fantastic. Really? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was, were you the shark or were you the people? No, you were the people and you could do scuba diving. And then yeah. at the end of the game, you were in the boat and you had to press a button to get the front of the boat to jab the shark and you'd win. So, oh, cool. Um, yes, this movie is hot garbage, but I love it. It's my guilty pleasure. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, gave it, I think, like a zero. And it did... 
Let's see. The budget was $23 million. It did $52 million at the box office. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, what were your backups for horror film? They Live. I don't know if that's is that I, bad. I, no, they, they Live can't. <laughs> they, they, they Live is considered, uh, I mean, it was a, it's considered a classic. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. The social commentary is actually really important, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I yeah. love that everyone wears the Obey stuff, and they don't realize that it's from this movie, and like they're actually being subjugated by society. I had uh, Friday the 13th part uh, three. Six. No, the one with uh, Crispin Glover dancing six, in it. Or part four. No, oh, it's three, I thought. I don't even remember. It was one that we just talked about with yeah, Crispin Glover. Six, All right, so I'll take six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go take six. Give me uh six for 200, Alex. Um, Max, this takes us to martial arts movies, which is like a great category. And, and some would ask or think that all martial arts movies are bad, but I don't think they're all bad. I would disagree. <laughs> Karate Kid. Karate Kid's a great movie. That's a martial arts movie. It's campy. It's not. Uh, uh, okay. But what's your, what's your pick? It better not be the Karate Kid. That's karate guilty pleasure. No, kid too. no, no. no. Yeah. But uh, I want Blind Fury. Oh, Blind Fury yeah. is good. That's a terrible movie. It's really, it's really bad. Although Roger Ebert gave it two thumbs up. What? Yeah, and so did Siskel. What? I know. That's so weird. But 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, $2.6 million is what it made, and it cost $10 million. Yeah, yeah. So, bomb. Uh, blind Vietnam vet trained as a sword fighter for some reason by the villagers after he gets his face Makes mortared off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So ridiculous! Uh, like he chops melons, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, good." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first ten minutes of this movie, I was like, I was looking behind me to see if I was on like a practical joke show. I was like, Is "Someone not telling me." Something? I can't believe you've watched this movie recently. That's even funnier to me. So he's helping his Vietnam vet buddy Frank, who's in like a drug conspiracy roulette rigging thing in Reno, Las Vegas, and we find out later too that Frank just abandoned him. That's why yeah. he's blind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I can't even say it's the straight. Face. I know you were having a lot of trouble getting this movie. It's, it is, it is regarded as garbage. Yeah. Frank's wife, 20 minutes in just shotgun to the chest. just dead in front of her son. Sure. Sure. It was Billy. jarring. Yeah. A little jarring. <laughs> what is this movie? I can't, are we ready to move on? I can't even talk about this movie with you. You're losing it. Uh, so uh, box office. Yeah. Well, I already said box. You office. did. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, come on, pull it together. Okay, okay, Blind okay. Fury. Okay. Well, I like the Pike Brothers too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Packard Walsh from the Wraith. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just gonna be uh, like a, an idiot. Yeah. An evil idiot. And also, uh, Tex from Raising Arizona is one yep. of the bad guys. Yep. Slag. Yep. And actually, the Phantom Menace stole the way Darth Maul died, the same way Slag did off the waterfall. He's like split in half. Really? Yeah. Oh. From the katana. All right. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even mentioned he, his only weapon is this katana. That's right. Stick that That's right. The That's great, though. And Rutger Hauer. Is that how you say his name? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, and Rutger Hauer is the main guy. Roy Batty from Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's acting chops. It's got it's got people in it that you know. Yeah, he looks, he, he looks blind. <laughs> he looks blind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max, can I go to my movie now? I fun. I'm going to mine. Fun. I can't talk to you about oh, blind fear anymore. Oh, there's a hot tub electrocution, too. There you go. And a hand gets cut off. Perfect, perfect. Marshall. <laughs> Martial arts, my my guilty pleasure. Mark, this, the the episode's falling apart. <laughs> Blind Fury was was. I didn't think it would be Blind Fury that did it, but that that derailed us. Um, I I, I had to pick this movie. I didn't want to. I had to pick this movie. The best of the best. I see. I thought that too. Yeah, I, I, I had to pick it. Right. The ice cream cone. It's got to be the ice cream cone, right? Uh, the quotes from this movie. Uh, James Earl Jones, who I will not try to imitate. He's just yelling the entire time. A team is a team. <laughs> A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one He's another. He's just fired up the entire time. How about how about Eric Roberts? Not Eric Roberts, who's absurd in this. How about we talk about Travis, played <laughs> Travis. By, by Chris Penn, who hangs outside the women's bathroom and a woman walks by and he goes, number one or number two? <laughs> Let's talk about him for a minute. He he is the most racist, horrible character in any 80s film I've he's ever seen. He's a fat seen. guy. And he's fat. He's not even good at karate. <laughs> he's okay at karate. 
I, well, yeah, he's, he's, his role in this is ridiculous. The <laughs> Alex Grady, right, who is played by Eric Roberts, is a widower, so a, widow, a widower, and a father. <laughs> Bump shoulder. Chosen to represent the United States in an international martial arts tournament against Team Korea, who trains like in the middle of the winter. Yep. They hit trees. They got eye patches. Yeah, they're they're hardcore. Um, he was once a rising star, like you mentioned, had a shoulder injury that forced him into retirement. The the. There are so many subplots to this. Like the yeah, his kid has a car accident for no reason, and he has to leave yeah. and just going to check on his kid yeah. gets him thrown off the team. Well, you don't mess with James Earl Jones. No, James Earl Jones doesn't mess around. Then you got the Tommy Lee uh, side story of watching his brother get killed and dropping his ice cream. The end of this movie is just so ridiculous. Like I tear up at the end. Oh, come on, like he when wouldn't have, Koreans, like he wouldn't have kicked him in the face with five seconds left to win the whole thing. No, no, when the Koreans give him yes, the medals, yes. that actually gets me going. And he's and he says, uh, you know, I offer myself as dear brother now. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, that's not yeah, too that's bad. Yeah, that's good. Uh, tomato meter gave this a 0%. Oh, man. <laughs> Just so you know. Now, here's something fun. The audience percent was 72. Yeah. So, um, this, this is the weird Buddhist guy who's all chill. $5 million budget made $1.7 million. Oh, man. It's, it did not do well. Yeah. Uh, there's also some terrible songs in it too. Like you're the best of the best. I don't even know what it is. Just <laughs> silly stuff. But yeah, best of the best. That's mine. What was your backup for martial arts? Uh, Last Dragon. That's mine too. The last yeah, yeah, Bruce yeah. Leroy. Yeah, yeah. But that's a cult classic. I don't it know. Is. It was hard for me. But to the do. whole subplot with the guy with the music career and the girl. That's just like, what is going on? <laughs> there's a lot in that movie. Oh, Barry Gordy's clearly taking from life. Yeah. Someone he knew someone like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was a true story oh, based on. You didn't see Enter the or Enter the Last Dragon. Uh, the Last Dragon based on a true story. Max, this takes us to sci-fi. This was the hardest one. Really? Well, because, uh, no, no, it wasn't the hardest. This th My pick is my crown jewel of all of this. This is the campiest guilty pleasure of all. Mm -hmm. But sci-fi in general has just these movies that are laughable that you still love. Like, I just watched Star Trek 2 today, and I don't know, just, I mean, that the Wrath of Khan got me going. Khan! Yeah. With Spock and all, it teared me up. I don't know, but I, I know it's a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Yeah. What do you got for your uh, sci-fi pick? So my crown jewel, number one pick out of all these, by Country Mile. I'm flying blind on a rocket cycle. Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash! <laughs> I mean, this I mean, alone, just because uh, Queen was involved with their... Yeah, Queen involved with anything. Yeah. Yeah, but 83% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I mean, maybe it was the audience score. I'm not doing a good job. Have, have you ever seen uh, Ted? Yeah. Have you seen yeah, when they like hang out? Here, that, yeah. that, that scene, that whole thing. So, is so I didn't funny. even I didn't even see Flash Gordon when I saw Ted. So I really didn't know who Sam Jones was. So you really love Flash Gordon? I do. Yeah. So it cost thirty five million dollars and it made twenty seven million dollars. Sure. In nineteen eighty, which is wild. It's a lot of money. So plot of the movie: football star Flash Gordon and his friends travel to planet Mongo because Ming the Merciless is about to crush Earth with natural disasters. Sure. I mean, it's. Insane. Ming is one of my favorite villains of all time. <laughs> the outfit he's wearing weighs 70 pounds. Yeah. The actor couldn't even... Everything in this movie is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. There's the Doctor Doom henchman. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is like like Star Trek, Star Wars, and then like Hot Shots. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's it's very weird. Yeah, the Hawkman. Yeah, Prince Bolton. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> Die. You love that. I you do. love that scene. Brian Blessed. People love him. This movie is another one of those like slid into cult classic like lore. Yeah. So like even little details, the Hawkman when they had a feast, what the main dish on the feast was, if you look, are tie dye colored Twinkies. <laughs> Just like. That alone should just be the mic drop of why your movie is a guilty pleasure. Oh, my God. <laughs> or like uh, the boar worms and like the poison stuff. 
No, that's a good, it's a reasonable, I mean, look, sci-fi is tough because there's a lot of crap sci-fi out there. Yeah. And so I like, it's tough to find one that's a true guilty pleasure. And I'm not a huge, like the, the big classics, you know, like aliens. I love, you know, there's a lot of sci-fi movies I love, yeah. but it's not, there's not like enough that would fit this category. Well, I like that when sci-fi horror kind of makes la- is laughable. Like when they're erasing the memory of Dr. Hans Zarkoff and they're going through his memories on a screen mm-hmm. until he's like a zygote. Mm-hmm. And it's like. <laughs> And it's supposed to be horrifying, but it's kind of funny. He's like, you know so much about this movie. It scares me. That's funny. And also the director, Mike Hodges, this, he was the eighth choice for director. The eighth choice. (laughs) That's got to feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, My, my sci-fi guilty pleasure. Again, this is a movie. I'd be stunned if you saw it. Have you ever seen Cherry 2000? I watched a clip of it yesterday. It's <laughs> Melanie Griffin, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. This movie is so weird. I, But again, I, I really love it. I watch yeah. it whenever it's on. So you got Sam Treadwell. Uh, played, great name. Played by David Andrews. You got E. Johnson played by Melanie Griffith. And the the easiest way to explain this movie is that in the year 2017, because right. that's what the future is to them, <laughs> in the year 2017, romance between humans is heavily regulated. Okay. And so rather than go through the difficulty for most humans that they have to deal with other human partners. There's an entire market of cyborg love machines. Got it. These cyborg love machines, uh, like the cherry 2000, uh, the, the chassis of these, the body is kind of tough to get, but all of the emotions and the relationship are saved on a very small CD like Ram disc that you can take out from behind their ear. So Sam Treadwell, wealthy guy gets home from work. You know, his wife, who's a robot, you don't know this (laughs) is like making him dinner. How's your day, sweetie? Just like a Stepford wife type. Yeah. They start making love on the floor with the dishwasher overflowing. Oh, and the, she short circuits. And, right? and she short circuits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not Johnny Five short circuits, but she short circuits. So he takes her into the shop to get her fixed. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, I can give you this model, that model. They'll have the same personalities. No, I want the same Cherry 2000. He's like, well, you're not going to find that in zone seven. You better hire a tracker. He hires a tracker who's Melanie Griffith to go find the Cherry 2000. Obviously in route, in, obviously in route to do this, he falls in love with the real human yeah. and, and doesn't need and the robot. And stuff. Here's a wild part of this story. Are you ready? Yep. It was filmed in 1985. It was set to release in 86 by Orion in the U.S. Due to reasons that nobody knows, it never happened. It was never released in the U.S. Really? It, it was released in Europe. It did terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they re-released it in the United States on VHS because of Working Girl with Melanie Griffith because she was getting so yeah, much popularity from movie. that. Yeah, but it like never even made it to full release in the United States. Weird. Yeah, super weird. Um, it was, uh, it was a, uh, you ready for these numbers? Yeah. Its budget was 10 million and it did $14,000 oh, at the box office. That's why you had that number That's before. why I had that number. Yeah. It is a tomato meter 38% and an audience 41%. Wow. So there you Stinky. go. Stinky. What was your uh, sci-fi backup? Uh, Dune. I freaking love Dune. Dune was my sci-fi backup Dune's as well. Dune's so good. It is really good. The new one's going to blow me out of the water. Too. Yeah. I'm excited. I, there's a, they're making a lot of remakes of some of these movies that yeah. we went over. And Short Circuit, obviously. How they have not done a remake of Police Academy is, is beyond me. Well, Short Circuit I could see, but Police Academy, because you have like, think about this. They've think, done like a thousand movies, like let's be cops. I know, but think about like the Academy part. sticking to the Academy yeah. part. And pulling from like Have Gutenberg be the forget Gutenberg yeah. pull from all the actors and like uh cost thirty eight dollars no old school yeah go get like like you Vince know Vaughn, yeah Will Vince Ferrell. Vaughn Will Ferrell all those guys they'd be amazing in a Police Academy movie yeah be pretty good um Max this takes us to fantasy film mm. I need to rehydrate let's do an ad yeah great call <laughs> <laughs> all right ad ad we go. <laughs> Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. 
And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is it's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know, what I mean, it's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. Max, the last genre is fantasy film. Mm. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna let you take it away. What do you have for your guilty pleasure fantasy film? So I've always wanted to talk to my dogs. I'm sure you have too. And this movie reflects that. I picked the Beastmaster. Beastmaster. <laughs> Beastmaster is a great pick. 1982. And it came out two months after Conan. This movie is so bad, Max. <laughs> it's really, it's really so bad. bad. <laughs> so it cost $9 million to make. How? I don't know. Yeah, right. But made $14 million. 50% Rotten Tomato score. Should be lower. It's just, I mean, it's a sword and sorcery story about a young man with the ability to speak to animals sure. and he searches for revenge. It is. The premise is cool. Like, it, <laughs> it like, is, yeah. I agree with you. Like, I, to being able to talk to animals is cool. He's got his two uh, ferrets yep. that help him out. Oh, I love the ferrets. <laughs> Do you know, wasn't there like a huge spike in ferrets being uh, like popular pets tied I, I to this movie? I didn't have any of my research. But I'm, I'm sure. throwing it out there. It makes sense. Yeah. He's got a giant sword. He's trying to take on an evil sorcerer played by Rip Torn. And it's Max with two A's. I've never seen that spelling before. <laughs> Max. <laughs> John Amos is like 90% naked in this movie. With yeah. like the genie Aladdin. In Will Smith haircut. Yeah, it's really, really, it's strange. really strange. It's very strange. And there's a Beastmaster too, right? I didn't see that. I, I think I there's barely a saw this. They spray painted a tiger black, and it's like really corny. How Peta feel about like, that? Probably not great. Or an eagle saves a kid from a self sacrifice on a pyramid. That makes sense. Or there's these demon like vampire things that hug people and melt them to death. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and end up being good in the end. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie, but overall, it's, I, it's, it's I a good movie. Wrap my head around it. It's like two and a half hours too. It's really long. It's a very long movie. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. I mean, like, it's so funny that films do this, right? Like, they, they kind of ride the wave of what's popular. So, yeah. like, this is, you have Conan coming out. Yeah. You have other movies like this coming out. Uh, Beastmaster. Beastmaster is a good pick. Yeah. My pick is kind of like Beastmaster, but it really sits on its own as absurd. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah. It's not just bad because it's bad. It's bad because it ruined what otherwise could have been the opportunity to do something incredible. Mm. And Max, the movie I'm talking about is the 1987 disaster Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, Max. Yeah. Uh, you won't appreciate it because you weren't into He-Man yeah. growing up as a kid, right? Like, Isn't it like it's in the real world too, kind of? Max, Cox is Max there? it's yes. It, yes, it's everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> Let me... Let me just start with this, right? Okay. If you're going to make a movie about He-Man, you have to include like the most popular characters in He-Man. Now they included some of them, okay. but they, they didn't have Battle Cat. I mean, they didn't have CGI, so I understand, but they could have done something similar to like uh never ending story. Yeah. Like what the, what the technology they used for Falcor, they could have used for Cringer and Battle Cat. Got they it. chose not to. This movie, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph. he had in his contract 
three chances to read his lines the right way before yeah. they were allowed to dub his voice because yeah. he had such trouble providing like did not speak English well? not well at this time yeah. apparently um Skeletor is played by Frank uh, Lagella uh Evelyn Meg Foster Courtney Cox plays Julie Winston more importantly Gwildor <laughs> Gwildor is Gwildor is the bastard abomination of Orko. Do you know who Orko is? I don't is? know what any of this is. Orko is like the little floating magician. I know that. that I know yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. So Gwildor was made to replace Orko, the comic re- comic relief. I, I don't even know what Gwildor is. He, he like he, it's it's awful. He's the worst in this film. He's basically. <laughs> He's, what is this? I, it's it's the worst. He's he's like a key maker. Like okay. he's, he's, he makes this like musical instrument that can take people to different realms, and that's how they get to Earth. Yeah. So when Skeletor finds out about this, they go to Earth. Courtney Cox is grieving the death of her parents. Uh, they died in a, pl- a plane accident. Bummer. Spoiler alert: At the end of the movie, uh, they they get to go back in time and they get to be with their parents. Oh, Superman, on, yeah. do it! Yeah, there right. you go. Right. Yeah. Um, her boyfriend is a musician who finds this key, this mystic key, mm. and the whole movie is just so awful. And and here's the great part: the director Gary Goddard and his production company, which is Golan Globus, they also did Superman Four, which is also regarded as one of the worst films really ever made. Right. Ever made. Is Richard Pryor in that one? No, Richard Pryor is in, in three? Superman three. Yeah, also um, not great. I heard no, not very good. But Superman four is worse. The Quest for Peace. It okay. was terrible, <laughs> very very terrible. Um, they shut filming down three days before the end because they ran out of money. Uh, Mattel stipulated that He Man was not allowed to kill anyone. Oh man, <laughs> um, Dolph did his own stunts, which yeah. was kind of cool. Uh, Gray Skull, which again this means nothing to you, but like when you're my age, like all you ever wanted was Gray Skull, like the toy, like the full the Gray Skull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had it. Planned out to do it, and they pulled the plug. They didn't do it. Mattel had a contest to be in this movie, yeah. And the winner, and won. The, I didn't win. If I'd won, you'd know. They they stuck the kid is as an extra called Pig Boy, which I like. Oh. I, yeah, they have a big mask. I don't know if you want to be Pig Boy. I, it's it's not flattering. I can tell you that right now. Um, the budget was twenty two million. It grossed seventeen million, and the tomato meter gives it thirteen percent. Audience gives it forty. Oh my god! And I love this movie. Yeah, it's and by the way, they are remaking this movie. Uh, Who? What's his face? Uh, Hemsworth was supposed to be in it. Oh, no way. But he didn't want to do it, I guess, because it was too close to Thor. Yeah. Uh, and then they're they're going through it right now, but it's supposed to be pretty cool, or at least they're hoping it's going to be pretty cool. Absolutely not. No Nick Cage. No, thank you. So that is my final pick for my guilty pleasure for fantasy movies. I pick, uh, <laughs> I pick Masters of the Universe. What were your backups on this? Uh, I had Lady Hawk, uh, Time Bandits, Legend, Willow. I had, I had uh, Willow was yeah. my backup. Yeah. I love Willow. Yeah. It's great. But Willow's way better than Val this Gilmer, movie. Yeah. Willow's a million times Howard. better. It I know. Be bad. Yeah. I know. Well, George Lucas had his dirty Howard the Duck hands all over it too. <laughs> Time Bandits <laughs> is great. Villain's heads you could have put in there. Yeah, I guess. That's more sci-fi, right? Uh, Comedy? I don't know. It could have been fantasy. That's such a good movie though. It is such a good yeah, movie. Yeah, I love that movie. So I feel like we just had <clears throat> 10 hours worth of dessert. Well, so gross. here's what, here, so here's what's real interesting. <laughs> what we have time for right now is the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. This week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Excited. Very excited. Stacy and Pete. When you talk about hashtag relationship goals, seriously, to be married to someone <laughs> who wants to do a nostalgia podcast yeah. with you, like I can barely <laughs> talk about this podcast with Trish without her like rolling her eyes. Like how Selena, she's yeah. pretty supportive. Uh, blank stares and yeah. nods and like nice pats on the head. Meanwhile, <laughs> Stacy and Peter out there just crushing it, like in love with each other and talking about everything from Garfield and friends to their favorite 90s oh my snacks. God. The to music. Like, they so, do snacks, which yeah, is so cool. Yeah. At we don't 
Wanna Grow Up Pod. I'm going to spell it out. It's, you got to do it's it. It's worth taking the time it's to spell it It's a childish way to spell it. Yeah. W-E-D-O-N-T-W-A-N-N-A. Wanna. G-R-O-W-U-P-P-O-D. Yep. We Don't Wanna Grow Up Pod. Their Instagram page and their podcast. So this is one of the first podcasters that we've had uh, do the fan spotlight for the us, first right? one, I think. And you'll be able to tell when you hear yeah. when you heard what they just said. Yeah. Uh, their picks are fantastic. So good. So good. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that in a second. Before we talk about that, um, just to tell you a little bit about them. Their podcast covers pop culture, fun memories from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Yeah, like lemonade, door-to-door stuff. Oh, it's great. Uh, they have a segment called Cozy Club. Th- which is fantastic. Where they I, talk about warm fuzzies you had as a kid. Remember yeah, warm fuzzies? I do remember my, warm fuzzies. My kindergarten teacher, Miss Ward, was like, you give people warm fuzzies, not cold pricklies. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absurd. What? You're too much into this. Um, everything. Name. No, look, they, they, the they love everything about the 80s, the 90s. Uh, they refer to it as the opulence to the innocent. <laughs> the, co- the colors, the fashion, the music, everything MTV. MTV yeah. yeah, they their podcast is great. I highly recommend that you check it out. Ride your bike and listen to them. They just did. Blade. We just we just just listened to their Teen Witch, Teen Wolf. I have yeah. trouble there pronouncing that's a wolf. Yeah. Am I doing yeah. it better? Um, but again, the Garf- where I got hooked on them was the Garfield and Friends episode because yeah. I was like, we're cha-cha-cha <laughs> ready, cha-cha-cha to cha-cha-cha party. Ridiculous. I know, me and my cartoons. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. Let's just hear their picks. Let's do it. Mo and Max. Buzz in the Tower. What an honor. I can't believe we're going to be on the show. I'm so excited. Stacy and Pete here from the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Yeah, we got this question from you guys, and it was a super interesting topic. You asked us to choose our favorite guilty pleasure movie of the 80s. That was a hard choice. It was very difficult. I actually sent you guys, just because I had to say it, I sent you my pick, and then I sent you five more that I would have picked (laughs) if I had the option of choosing more. Where are our honorable mentions? Yeah, we're all about the honorable mentions over here. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go first. Go ahead. It is the 1983 sci-fi adventure classic, Krull. I know you thought I was going to say Return of the Jedi, didn't you? That's your choice for every list of favorites that we have ever. Yes, Yes, it generally is. But (laughs) this is my guilty pleasure movie because it's interesting, to say the least. (laughs) Does that mean it's awesomely bad? Awesomely bad would be a great way to put it. (laughs) So this movie, I mean, it's basically like Star Wars mashed up with Lord of the Rings. Right up your alley. Absolutely right up my alley. You got some swords, you got some lasers, some magic and lightning, which is always great. There's a really cool Cyclops who has like the staff that he throws at everything. Also, it has Liam Neeson, enough said. Yep. And finally, you have the Glaive, which is like this five-pointed throwing star that is powered by not the Force, but it's (laughs) basically powered by the Force. It's awesome. Go check it out. Well, the one that I chose was fresh on the brain because we just covered it on last week's podcast Mm -hmm. episode. It's Teen Witch. What a classic. You've got fashion, amazing musical numbers, including the epic rap battle, Top That. Robin Lively, who was my fashion icon at the time, kind of still is. And the legendary Zelda Rubenstein. My favorite part of the movie. Carolyn. Carolyn. Oh, wait, wrong movie. (laughs) She plays Madame Serena, teaches... Louise, her... Her magic. Yeah, how to channel her powers. Cast some spells to get some money or a boyfriend. To become the most popular girl. That's right. Because every cool guy needs a popular girl. All right, I guess that's it. We are so excited that you chose us. 
And we can't wait to hear what you picked. Yeah, thanks, guys. Max, you saw my sheet. These were both, I mean, I spoke to this. These Crawl. were both backups for me. Crawl, Crawl, Crawl in particular. Yeah. Crawl is one of, the, I've said this a thousand times. I made my wife, yeah. and when I say made, just so we're clear, I begged her, and she said, fine, I'll watch it. I'm making it. a replica of the glaive in my basement. Oh, I love Crawl. <laughs> Teen Witch is, is, God, it's a guilty pleasure. It's I so love good. Teen Witch. Yeah. Rap battles. Yeah. Everything about it, man. Just like, I want to be the most popular girl. Uh, Max, this concludes the episode. We should do a rundown, though. I mean, we we had a long, long list. Shame. Oh, so much guilty pleasure. The icy Um, glaze of shame. But before I give that list, just a quick reminder. Should I remind before or after the list about subscribe? subscribing? I'll do it both. Yeah. Quick, quick subscribe reminder, subscribe, review, and rate. Yep. And then I'll do the list and do it again. Okay, do Why it. Why not? Yeah. It's our time. Yeah. This is our time up here, <laughs> down here. Uh, action and adventure. You picked Young Guns. I picked Next of Kin. Great picks. Comedy. You picked Howard the Lonely Duck. <laughs> That's not lonely. Not lonely. Howard the Duck. Duck Fu. He's Leah Thompson. I picked Police Academy 4. Classic. Dance slash musical film. You picked Streets of Fire. I Woo. picked Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Also good. Animation. I picked the classic The Care Bears movie. And you picked the emotionally <laughs> gripping Brave Little Toaster. So adorable. Blanky, what a shout out. <laughs> Buddy Cop was my favorite. The fact that you picked Feds and that I love Feds is great. Uh, and I took Tango and Cash, We almost of took off uh, Buddy Cop. And you're like, no, 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 we can't do no, that. No, you took keep it off and you called me three minutes later. I was like, leave it on, leave it on. <laughs> Horror film, your newfound love, killer clowns from outer space. So good. And I, of course, took the hot heaping pile of garbage that is Jaws 4. Martial arts, blind fury, (laughs) and the best of the best. Uh, And then sci-fi, I took Cherry 2000, and you took Flash, Uh, Gordon. So amazing. So amazing. Um, And fantasy. This whole thing is a fantasy. The whole thing. You took the Beastmaster, which is great. To I talk. need ferrets. You want to I talk to your ferrets? You not you need talk. You need ferrets. You can talk to. Yeah. And I and general. I took Masters of the Universe, <laughs> where Dolph could even deliver his lines. No, no, it was bad. It was bad. Um, that wraps our guilty pleasures for the day. And just uh, thank you for joining us as always. And if you liked what you heard, which we know you did, just please go and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify. Rate and review. Five star. Five star. And write a little ditty. A couple little, sentences. Little, Jacket little something. There you go. Sucking on chili dog. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Outside, outside the tasty freeze. <laughs> um, and then social media, as always, just uh, at Buzz in the Tower on all social media platforms. Our Instagram is sweet. It is. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's I mean, nice I do stuff. it. <laughs> Why am Don't I pat yourself on the back too hard. It's fine. <laughs> that was a low. That was a low key compliment. Yeah, it's I was cool. Like, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. There's James Dean in it. Uh, Max, I got nothing else other than thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Later. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.